the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. And welcome in. Happy to have you along for the Monday edition of The Ride Home. Kathy Emmons, not in the studio, but in my spare room, broadcasting in the pandemic way, John Hall doing the same. John, how are you? Very good, Kath. Happy Monday to you. Um, it's been a quick weekend, although there's yeah. a holiday week that looms large for all of us, doesn't it? It's going to be a big week on the ride home because we have our weird Thanksgiving recipe contest that is underway. I was baking, cooking, doing my thing all morning. Can't wait to share all that with you. But before we do any of that, John, I do believe it's time for the top four at four. It is Monday's top four at four on November 23rd. President-elect Joe Biden on Monday announced a number of key cabinet appointments, including Anthony Bilkin as Secretary of State, Alejandro Mayorkas as Secretary of Homeland Security, and Averill Haynes to serve as the first woman to lead the intelligence community, mm. among other positions. Biden on Monday also announced former Secretary of State John Kerry as Special Presidential Envoy for Climate and will sit on the National Security Council, the first time that the National Security Council will include an official dedicated to climate change. Mm. Kerry's position is not a cabinet post. Mm -hmm. Number two, AstraZeneca Oxford COVID-19 vaccine up to 90% effective in late stage trials. Awesome. AstraZeneca and the University of Oxford added their vaccine candidate to a growing list of shots showing promising effectiveness against COVID, setting in motion disparate regulatory and distribution tracks that executives and researchers hope will result in the start of widespread vaccinations by the end of this year. AstraZeneca and Oxford said their vaccine was as much as 90% effective in preventing the infection without serious side effects in large clinical trials, though they said the vaccine's efficiency varied widely based on dosage. Mm -hmm. Preliminary findings, so-called phase three human trials, represent the first look at the effectiveness of COVID-19. The drug maker Pfizer said last Pfizer said last week that it had submitted its vaccine to the U.S. Food and Drug Administration for approval for emergency use, a route that has been expedited approval for several COVID-19 treatments. So the good news is the vaccine is headed on its way. Good news indeed. Number three, U.S. health officials uh, have urged the um, Chinese government to visit the head of the emergency U.S. health officials and World Health Organizations says it's extremely important for the international team to visit China and look into the origins of the coronavirus. Mm. And the U.N. Health Agency has been reassured that such a trip will happen, quote, as soon as possible. <laughs> I'll believe that when I see it. 
Dr. Michael Ryan said such a visit is needed so that the international community can be reassured of the quality of the science. Quote, clearly, we all need to understand the origins of the virus. We all need to understand where it has come from, not least to understand where it may reemerge in the future. And top story number four, the Steelers have notched another win. Yes. They are now at 10 wins and zero losses after beating the Jacksonville Jaguars yesterday. However, the Baltimore Ravens, the next opponent coming up on Thanksgiving Day, announced that they have closed their facility today due to a coronavirus outbreak within the team, putting into question Thursday night's scheduled game. If the Steelers um, well would clinch, they could clinch if the Steelers won on Thursday evening. It would, if they beat the Ravens, if they do that, they'll become the only the 10th team since 1978 to accomplish the feat on the weekend of their 11th game. That is the top four at four. Now, listen, can you imagine how upset the NFL would be if they had to cancel this Thursday Steeler-Baltimore game? I mean, that would be... Oh, gosh. I'm sure they're doing everything in their power right, to prevent that from happening. Because what's the early game is Detroit and who? Anyone Mm, know what the early game is? But, you know, it's Detroit, so it's lousy. You know, it's going to be a terrible game. Bad television. Right. So the only thing people are going to want to see are the Steelers play the Ravens. Right. And if that doesn't happen, that'll just be such bad news. Well, what what would happen? I mean, worst case, the Ravens are, you know, sort of just overwhelmed by covid and any number of players are in protocol. I mean, you've got to be in five days, right? So they can't do it five days. Um, I guess we'll find out. Oh, it looks like the Texans. Thank you, Mike. The Houston Texans Detroit Lions is the early game on Thanksgiving. And I mean, did that help at all, Mike, to know that we, we just we, we knew already we didn't want to see it. Yeah, right. Now we just know double with more information that we don't want to see. <laughs> right. Anyway, it sure was fun to watch as, you know, a little shaky there to begin with, but the Steelers pull it out, right? Oh, they were just masterful by the end, man. Mm-hmm. It was just, I don't know. I mean, that Jacksonville team is bad. Yeah. You just feel, you know. How about their poor quarterback, Luton? Mm. Bad day, huh? Yeah, bad day. He thought he was going to like, you know, light it up early on because the Steelers had trouble moving the ball mm-hmm. and he looked pretty good there, at least for the first first half of the first quarter i would say yeah and then what happened <laughs> oh wait downhill from there i don't know how right. many picks we had did we have it was a lot it sure was so it was pretty to see isn't it, it really was a great game i yeah. enjoyed the heck out of it john all right so uh we got a big shoe here for you today do we not we sure do as the show unfolds today as i said we're going to be talking about the uh, ride home thanksgiving contest which um we've narrowed down the top five nominees for the best, weirdest Thanksgiving recipe. We're going to reveal those at five o'clock today. And uh, then tomorrow we'll narrow down to the top two. And then Wednesday we announce our $100 grand prize winner. Mm-hmm. There has been a lot of oddity coming our way from kitchens across. There's Western been a lot of Canada. oddity. I was making a lot of oddity this morning, John, right yeah, here. Yeah. <laughs> because sure was. Well, were you making jello this morning? I was. Mm-hmm. Isn't that funny that jello sort of like, you know, covers a multitude of sins no pun intended i think jello is one of the weirdest substances i mean i know it's natural i mean other than all the flavors that they put in it which are unnatural but i I get the gelatin is a natural thing i just find it super weird Mm, it is weird but it's you know for every kid it's a lot of fun to eat Mm -hmm. right you squish it around in your mouth you know come squirting out Uh, what i was making this morning it's not going to be loved by the kids i'll tell you right now really okay this is adult jello exactly (laughs) 
<laughs> okay, so the uh, the entrance are closed, and in Kathy's COVID kitchen, things are heating up. And uh, I, th- I think what when you say Wednesday, we're going to announce the winner. Yes, and true. then tomorrow we've got to look at we've got to look at um, maybe like four or five uh, of the top entrants, right? No, Instead today is the four field. or five. Tomorrow is two. Oh, okay, fine, good. Wednesday is the winner. All right, I look forward to those because uh, you know many times I'm happy that I'm not in the kitchen, Kath, and this is yeah. one of them. <laughs> Truly, it is. So God bless you. Okay. Thanks so much. All right. Let's take a break. As we always do, first guest out of the shoot on a Monday afternoon. We're going to the White House. Greg Clugston joins us, SRN News White House correspondent, to bring us up to date on the ins and outs of the nation's capital. 101.5 WORD. Gather around because it is present time. It's that gift-giving time of the year, and we're giving one that will keep on giving all year long. We could be paying your rent or mortgage for all of next year if you're the winner of the Christmas Mortgage Miracle Sweepstakes. You want to come open an early Christmas present? You can even enter once a day to increase your opportunities to win. See rules and conditions for details. Enter the Christmas Mortgage Miracle Sweepstakes brought to you by Trinity Jewelers. Go to wordfm.com slash contest. For those of us who are healthy, it's hard to imagine what it's like to be chronically sick. If you're over 50, you may be fine today, but tomorrow, different story. Chronic illness can literally claim your financial world overnight. And suddenly you're tens of thousands in debt, mailbox overflowing with bills, notifications, warnings, and you think Obamacare will help you sort it out? Good luck getting someone even to talk to. This is Kathy Emmons, and my friends at Marley Financial have a better solution. It's their non-Obamacare pro-life health plan. It gives you the power of a national PPO instantaneously, savings of 30 to 60% off Obamacare for those over 50, no funding for abortion, and always someone to help you. Call 724-884-1496. One client recently in the hospital for 11 days for a bowel obstruction, the hospital billed him over $56,000. Marley Financial's non-Obamacare plan paid the entire claim and put $7,000 in his pocket. There's no other plan like it anywhere, and you can get it now. Call 724-884-1496 or visit MarleyFG.com. First Presbyterian Church is a beacon of light and love to this community. The message that I hear sustains me for the whole week. I love this church because of the diversity and the music and the people. The incredible beauty of the space. A warm, welcoming congregation. The people are amazing and truly love one another and Christ, and our pastor preaches the gospel. I want to Everybody to Pittsburgh to come and experience. First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh, in the heart of the city, with the city in its heart. Hey, are you guys open? Yeah, yeah, we are. Come on in. As businesses reopen across the nation, is your business prepared for what comes next? Salem Surround can help. COVID-19 brought America's thriving economy to a screeching halt. But now, local businesses are getting back to normal. Are you ready for the return to business and all that pent-up consumer demand? Contact Salem Surround. Learn more by logging on to surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. Are you in high school and thinking about your future or know someone who is? Consider Geneva College. Geneva is a Christian college that prepares students for meaningful service in the world. Geneva has over 145 majors and programs, 19 varsity sports, 100 study abroad programs, and lots of club activities. Geneva has scholarships and grants to make it affordable, too. Find out more yourself. You can visit Geneva in person or online. To find out more, go to geneva.edu slash visit. That's geneva.edu edu slash visit
Our first date of the week is always at the White House with Greg Clugston. Greg Clugston is the SRN News White House correspondent. He makes he, he makes his living in the uh, White House reporting on what is going on in the nation's capital. Greg, always uh, interesting things happening. This week, uh, no different, is it? No, not at all, John. Good afternoon. Uh, great to be back. And hi, Kathy. Thank you. Yeah. Greg. Always good to hear from you, Greg. Okay, so let's start out. Uh, get us up to date on where the Trump campaign is with the legal challenges that they're bringing. Well, the the, the one that's getting the most attention right now is, uh, and I'm not even sure it's, it's, it's considered in the legal challenge category, but it certainly has been a part of the Trump campaign's um, legal effort. But it's it's reaching kind of a pinnacle point here today in the state of Michigan where you're having the, the Board of State Canvassers um, and that is con- consisting of four individuals, two Republicans and two Democrats. They are meeting this afternoon, and they're going to be doing what is a normal step, something that's usually out of the public eye every election cycle, and that is um, going ahead and certifying the victor of the uh, of the presidential election. And so uh, it looks like in Michigan there's about 154,000 vote advantage for Joe Biden over Donald Trump. And so um, they're expected to move forward, although last week that was a big question mark. You had, a, you had the two Republicans say, uh, we're not so sure we're going to uh, actually certify for Biden. And then they said, yes, we are going to certify for Biden. And then the president invited them to come and meet with him at the White House last, at the end of last week. Um, and they did that, and they've gone back to Michigan, and it looks like they're going to they're going to go ahead and certify now. So, but that's where it's been, and that's sort of emblematic of where the legal challenges have gone over these last couple of weeks, three weeks now almost, and that is a lot of stops and starts, and um, you know, not a lot of uh, a lot and a lot of roadblocks, honestly, because most of the challenges that the Trump campaign have made have been dismissed by courts and judges. Right. And so that's where we are. So over the weekend, uh, news about Georgia and Pennsylvania as well, that those essentially look like dead ends for the Trump campaign. Right. Yeah. And obviously, and we've talked about this over the last couple of weeks, and you know it very well, Pennsylvania has been a, a key a legal battleground for the Trump campaign and Georgia as well with with the recount there. But it looks like the recount is, um, you know, it, it essentially confirmed what the original count was. And so the avenues, the opportunities, um, you know, the, the window is closing for the Trump campaign to to make good on its argument that you have widespread either fraud or voting irregularities enough so that it would overturn, you know, the verdict of this election. And uh, at this point, you've got a lot of You've got a lot of people, including, um, you know, members of the president's own Republican Party that are starting to uh, publicly say it's it's time to move on now. Right. So tell us about that, Greg, because uh, leaders uh, from the Republican Party have been um, sort of backwards in talking to President Trump about uh, what what lays ahead. Now looks as though people are saying, well, President, um, the writings on the wall, uh, you have, in fact, lost the election. Yeah, you're right, John. There's been a real reluctance by any number of Republicans, especially in Congress, um, especially in the Senate, um, who have been allies of the Trump White House to, you know, publicly say that Joe Biden is the president-elect. Um, they've just simply been reluctant to do that until the the legal challenges have been exhausted, 
and um, having you know having exhausted most of those over the last uh, nearly three weeks now, you've got members like Senator John Cornyn of Texas, who has been a very strong supporter and ally of President Trump, and he earlier today or possibly um, yet last night was saying, all indications are that this this is over now in terms of. Um, the contested election, and that it's Joe Biden the, the victor. And you've got uh, Liz Cheney in the um, uh, in the House of Representatives, and she's a member of the GOP leadership. She is saying the same thing. And then you've got a letter that was signed by a lot of corporate um, executives across America, many of whom um, have supported the president, especially his economic policies, and have been involved in a variety of task force and task force and other meetings at the White House with the president on economic issues. And 160 top American executives have sent a letter, sent a letter to the administration, saying that uh, it's time for the White House to acknowledge that Biden is the president-elect and to begin the official transition. So you're, you're starting to see a lot of the areas of support for Trump um, coming to the recognition that um, it looks, you know, it, it looks like what a lot of Americans have already concluded, and that is Joe Biden won the election. Greg Clugston with us, SRN News White House correspondent. All right, speaking of the Trump campaign and uh, the attorneys that have been working hard on his behalf, let's talk about Sidney Powell. Um, this is a woman who apparently was on Trump's campaign uh, legal staff. Uh, it was within the last week. She said she was going to unleash the unleash the Kraken of uh, evidence that was going to come pouring out. And then as of last night, all of a sudden, she's not with the Trump campaign any longer. Give us the latest. Yeah, this was sort of a strange episode in the mix of all of these legal challenges going on uh, by the Trump campaign. And Sidney Powell made an appearance late last week um, with Rudy Giuliani at a news conference and then made some pretty astounding comments in subsequent interviews. Um, And essentially there were a lot of conspiracy theories and a lot of um, unfounded allegations, including allegations that and accusations that Georgia's Republican governor and Georgia's Republican secretary of state are involved in some sort of voting system conspiracy that favored Joe Biden, even though he's a Democrat and those two members of Georgia's uh, legislature or uh, elected offices are, are Republicans. And uh, there were there was uh, conspiracy theories connecting um, voting systems to Venezuela and saying that there were also uh, suspect records uh, and and missing ballots that are now in a database in Germany. So there were all of these kinds of of statements um, that were seen by many observers as pretty wild-eyed and um, wondering where the actual evidence was for these. Well, last night the Trump campaign issued a written statement um, with not a lot of context, essentially saying that Sidney Powell does not represent President Trump, is not a member of the campaign legal team, and, rep- and you know, practices law uh, on a personal level um, by herself. So there was a cutting of ties and a lot of distance. And basically, the Trump campaign and the, probably the president himself said, that's not working for us. We need to go in a different direction. I see. All right. Wow. Well, that's okay. a whole other chapter. Isn't that's it? really, I got to tell you, Greg, I admire that you were able to break that down because there's a lot of complexity there. <laughs> yeah, there is. <laughs> Touche, Greg. Really, we couldn't have done that without you. Really. Okay, so then uh, let us move forward then uh, to um, appointments. Uh, of course, um, President elect Biden has made appointments today, and they're going to start to roll out now, I guess, on a regular basis. 
Yeah, we're expecting a formal announcement uh, tomorrow early in the afternoon um, from Joe Biden on his uh, cabinet appointments, especially his national security team. And what we're looking at is uh, we're looking at some familiar some familiar names and faces. And, um, for example, um, and, and some of them are going to be more familiar, you know, within Washington political circles, but certainly there are going to be a couple of names that people across the country um, who, even if they don't follow politics very closely, will, will recognize. And, and one that we're just hearing about in just the last, you know, hour or so is Janet Yellen. Uh, she is the former, you know, the chief of of the Federal Reserve, and so she yes. had a very high um, profile um, position a number of years ago, and she apparently is being tapped to be the Treasury Secretary. Uh, mm-hmm. There was a lot of question as to whether, um, for example, Senator Elizabeth Warren would be up for that position. Of course, that means that you would, you know, have a, a seat in the in the Senate that would open up. Um, so, um, so Janet Yellen apparently is making uh, a return. Um, and, of course, these are going to be nominees um, and nominations that have to be, uh, if they're cabinet-level appointments, have to be confirmed by the U.S. Senate. But for Secretary of State, a man named Tony Blinken, he is um, one of Joe Biden's long-serving and most trusted advisors. Okay. Uh, we're looking at having the very first Latino and immigrant to lead the Department of Homeland Security, a man by the name of Alejandro Mayorkas. And then there are some um, some other women that are going to be um, given some key slots um, con- based on their their confirmation. Um, one is Avril Haynes. She's a former deputy CIA director who is being tapped to be the director of national intelligence. And then Linda Thomas Greenfield would uh, serve as ambassador to the United Nations. And then another name from the past uh, coming back to government service is former Senator John Kerry. And, of course, he's also a presidential candidate who lost against George W. Bush in 2004. And Joe Biden wants him to come and serve in a brand-new cabinet-level position, and that is going to be special presidential envoy for the climate and climate control. So um, that's a very interesting move and bringing John Kerry back onto the national stage. Hmm. All right, Greg. So, I mean, that that's a lot of movement. What about the transition um, in regards to fighting COVID-19, I, you know, numbers are absolutely off the charts here in um, Pittsburgh. I can't imagine what they're like in the Midwest. Um, what do we know about, you know, the Trump team kind of communicating with the Biden team? And it seems like, you know, Americans are concerned to see how that's going to work out. Yeah, Kathy, that, that is a real concern. And it's a growing concern because, as you as you rightly point out, we are seeing, you know, a surge and a spike in cases and hospitalizations and deaths, you know, in in so many sectors of the country right now. And unfortunately, there is not a lot of cooperation or at least official contact between the existing U.S. government offices dealing with the pandemic and health in general and the incoming administration of Joe Biden. And so um, until there is an official acknowledgement by the General Services Administration, it's the GSA here in Washington, that officially, you know, sort of turns the key and triggers that transition to officially begin where there is um, official and government approved, you know, information going, you know, flowing back and forth between the government and the incoming administration. Uh, Until that happens, um, the incoming folks are going to be somewhat at a disadvantage in terms of getting, you know, uh, nuts and bolts of exactly what's happening and making their specific plans. Now, at the same time, 
Joe Biden and others on his team have been saying here for the last couple of weeks, they're still they're still going forward and laying out their own proposals and, and plans internally, um, hoping that this transition will happen very soon because they don't want there to be any lapse mm-hmm. um, or any more lapse than there needs to be um, so that they can you know hit the ground running come January 20th. We're talking with Greg Clugston, who is the White House correspondent for SRN News. Greg, uh, just as a sidebar note uh, for Thanksgiving, I've read that the uh, two presidential turkeys, Corn and Cobb, uh, they themselves will be pardoned. Uh, are you privy to that? Yeah, this is going to be happening, uh, I think, tomorrow. I think it's on the schedule for mm-hmm. tomorrow. So this is an annual event. Uh, Republican, Democratic presidents have done, you know, this uh, turkey pardoning for decades. <laughs> it's a, it's really a fun event, to be honest. Um, it, it brings kind of a lighthearted, you know, um, you know, kickoff to to the holiday season. Um, obviously, with COVID and you know a lot of challenges going on, and uh, you know the the disputed election, at least from from Donald Trump's standpoint, um, these have been sort of trying days. So it'll be nice to have a little a little bit of uh, levity tomorrow. And it will also bring the president out in public um, for what has only been a handful of time, really two or three times um, over the last three weeks has he made any public statements or public appearances. So he's uh, he's had nothing on his public schedule mostly since the election. And so wow. we'll get a chance to see him tomorrow. Wow. Very good. All right, Greg, before you leave us, um, I just want to let you know that we're in the middle of a big contest here on the ride home. Oh my and I'm not going to ask you to submit your weirdest Thanksgiving recipe, but I just want you to know that a lot of people in the listening audience have, and people eat some weird stuff for Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. Well, well, you know, I, I probably would lose that contest because I'm a pretty traditional Thanksgiving dinner eater mm-hmm. okay. um, slash preparer. I'm going to be doing more preparing <laughs> This this uh, Thanksgiving, just because of our family's uh, work schedule, um, so but maybe maybe I should uh, I should tune in and, and get a mm-hmm. wacky idea to surprise the family with maybe. <laughs> yeah, well we got a lot of them, well, so you just listen in, okay? Yeah, as we sample, you may want to reconsider that, Greg. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yes, Greg. Well, happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. Same to you guys and to all your listeners. Thank you so much. Our pleasure. Always good to have you, Greg Clugston, SRN News White House correspondent. More about Greg at wordfm.com, SRN News. I was a little bit surprised, but so happy to see how eager patients were to return to the office. At Stock Family Dentistry, exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care. They were just as eager or more eager than we were. I think that goes back to considering them part of our family. I think they feel a part of our family, and their loyalty and their friendship means everything to us. Stock Family Dentistry on Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. We're all thinking a lot more about staying safe these days. Windows R Us Pittsburgh is no different. When it comes to working around your home, Windows R Us remains committed to the safety of you and your family. For roofs, gutters, and downspouts, siding, and, of course, windows, Windows R Us Pittsburgh can answer the call. With over 50 years of home remodeling experience, Windows R Us has earned its reputation as the area's premier exterior replacement company. And all work will be done in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines. If you've had damage, you may be eligible for a free repair or replacement. Visit windowsrspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of the highly trained appraisers. 
You'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry from a company that will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty. Why pay double? Trust the area's premier exterior replacement company, WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. That's WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Allstate now has deeper savings, and deeper savings require deep thoughts and a deep voice, like mine. Save for being a new customer. Save more for adding drive-wise. And save even more for driving safely. Visit Allstate.com or contact your local agent for a quote today. As someone once said, saving today is money tomorrow. That's deep. Not available in every state. New customer savings based on early signing discount. Drive-wise is an optional feature. Savings vary based on how you buy. Subject to terms and conditions. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Northbrook, Illinois. First Presbyterian Church is a beacon of light and love to this community. The message that I hear sustains me for the whole week. I love this church because of the diversity and the music and the people. The incredible beauty of the space. A warm, welcoming congregation. The people are amazing and truly love one another and Christ. And our pastor preaches the gospel. I want to everybody the Pittsburgh to come and experience. First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh, in the heart of the city, with the city in its heart. With thousands of locally owned Napa stores across the nation, chances are that wherever you call home, they do too. So whether you stop by a local Napa Auto Parts store, Napa Auto Care Center, or visit Napa online, you can count on Napa know-how. We are everywhere on your radio at 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and at radio.com. Tonight, we'll see increasing amounts of clouds. Expect a low tonight of 31. Tomorrow, cloudy skies. Tomorrow, we'll see a high of 44. Wednesday, we'll have considerable clouds with afternoon rain. We'll see a high Wednesday of 52. Thursday, Thanksgiving Day, we'll have mostly cloudy skies for your holiday. We'll see a shower in spots in the afternoon. Thursday, we'll reach a high of 56. With your Iraqi weather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Five years ago, 66-year-old grandmother, Wendy Dench, texted one of her grandsons and said, Hey, are you going to come to Thanksgiving? I'm looking forward to seeing you. Love you, Grandma. Well, the text did not go to the intended grandson. Instead, it went to a 16-year-old stranger. And the recipient... She had his email address wrong. Uh, she had his text number. Oh, wrong. okay. Got it. And so the, the text went to a 16-year-old, Jamal Hinton. And Jamal Hinton said, who's this? And Wendy Dent said, it's grandma. And so Jamal Hinton said, I don't think you're my grandma. Send me a picture. And so Wendy Dent, who's white, sent a photograph of herself to Jamal, who's a black boy. He said, no, you're not my grandma. (laughs) But he said, like any good grandma, why don't you invite me over to your house for Thanksgiving and save me a plate? So Wendy Dent said, yeah, come on over. That was five years ago. They have met every Thanksgiving since. Stop it. And they've become fast friends. Now, Jamal and his girlfriend are part of the Dench's family. However, because COVID ruins everything, uh-huh. this year there was one less seat at the table as Wendy Dench's husband, Lonnie, passed away from COVID oh. just a few months ago. But the tradition goes on, and these two total strangers, put together by an errant text, now know and love each other, on another Thanksgiving day. That is about the greatest story. Yep. Hey, you coming over for Thanksgiving? No, I'm not your grandma. 
or I'm not your grandson, but save me a plate, right? That's a oh, good thing. Oh, that's so great. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You know, I am in, I know you're fine with it. I'm in a deep depression about Thanksgiving. I really am. Yes. I mean, I prefer it, but I prefer to be with my family, but I just made up my mind. I mean, this is what it's going to be. And so oh, I just here we are, right? I hate it. I you really... cooking a turkey? Are you doing all, you know, a full? I all don't know. Print? I mean, I guess. Well, you better make your mind up because here well, it is. Well, it's Thursday. You thanks. have a turkey in the oven or, you no, know. No, like I don't have anything. Yeah, nothing. Nothing. You might just end up eating our uh, contest appetizers to soothe you over. And wouldn't that be fine? Speaking of contest appetizers at uh, five Oh five this afternoon, we're going to be uh, revealing our top five from our thank weird Thanksgiving recipe contest. And they are weird people. Um, so listen in, find out if you're one of the top five tomorrow, we will narrow it down to the top two. And then Wednesday we announce our winner. Very nice. We'll take a break. Come back. Uh, what about prison ministry? God bless those men and women who are involved ministering to men and women who are behind bars made all the more complex by COVID. Keith Condrich will join us in a few minutes to talk about that. Prison ministry in the time of COVID. 101.5 WORD. Today, if I can accomplish one thing, I pray that I can help clear away some misconceptions about heaven from the word of God. And the one thing Satan constantly lies about is heaven. Why does Satan lie about heaven? Because we're going there and he's not. Dig deeper this week on Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef. Tomorrow morning at 630 on 101.5 WORD. Parents, let's be honest. Many high school and college age kids seem to have little direction these days. That might be true for your son or daughter. They spend a lot of time gaming, hanging with friends, but nothing seems to lead them on a path to adulthood. You may want them to go to a four-year university, but nah, their grades just don't warrant it. Their lack of passion and direction makes you wonder if a four-year university would even be a wise investment. Here's a better route to consider. The Facilities Management Agency. HVAC or electronics training program available through SalemCareerHub.com. They'll learn real-life work skills that are marketable and in high demand right now. And at SalemCareerHub.com, you can sign up for these courses at 50% off their regular price. Talk it over with your kids and get them out of the basement. They're probably as anxious as you are to move forward and just need a little push. The place to start, SalemCareerHub.com. You can also call 866-711-6275. 866-711-6275 or SalemCareerHub.com. By now, you've heard me talk about my pillow and how it literally changed my life. Hey, this is John Hall. My pillow does not go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want. They maintain their shape and they're made in the USA. And for a limited time, Mike Lindell is offering his premium my pillows for as low as prices ever. You can get a standard queen premium my pillow for just $29.98, originally $69.98. That's a $40 savings, and kings are only $5 more. Not only are you getting the lowest price ever, $29.98 for a standard queen, but Mike is extending his 60-day money-back guarantee to March 1st, 2021. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, use promo code WORD, or you can call one 800 391 You'll find all the MyPillow products at MyPillow.com, but by calling right now at 1-800-391-0954, promo code WORD, you'll get yours soon. You've worked hard to provide for your family, but what happens when you're no longer here? 
You know, when people plan for retirement, they sometimes forget to consider their financial legacy. Your assets should go where you want them to go, not where some probate court decides. So why not be proactive? Kevin Bach can show you how to pass your assets along to your loved ones in the most tax-efficient way possible. Call Kevin at 724-837-3553 or online at IntegrityRetirementSolutions.com. Insurance and annuities offered through Kevin Bach. PA Insurance License Number 352896. I'll tell you, you think about, uh, I think about this every time I drive by the, the penitentiary, the Allegheny County Jail on the Parkway East. You know, you drive by there and you think, oh, there but for the grace of God go I. What, what goes on inside there? And for those men and women who are being ministered to by men and women who are part of prison ministries, I mean, what a fabulous opportunity to present Jesus to these men and women who are broken, have nowhere to go, very little to do. So it's a great opportunity to evangelize. Well, Keith Kondrich joins us. Keith is the aftercare director at Foundation of Hope. Keith's been a regular friend of ours over the many years we've done the ride home. And Keith, welcome to the show. How are you today? Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Sure, Keith. Talk about, um, you know, prison ministry, always a challenge. Talk about the additional challenge of COVID. Yeah, we've really uh, had to get creative in a number of ways, because as you can imagine, you know, in addition to the security concerns that are are inherent at the Allegheny County Jail, um, you also have the pandemic concerns. And, you know, you have a large number of people confined in very close spaces. And so, the staff and the, the correctional officers and the chaplaincy staff and all of the other, you know, great facilities people there have, have really bent over backwards to try to ensure the safety of the, the men and women who are incarcerated, not only from, you know, themselves and, and other other factors, but also the pandemic. And so one of the biggest challenges that's that's been going on since this started back in the spring is that you know, you have to really limit movement. And just, just like on the outside world, you know, we're, we, we have small groups of people that have to uh, be masked and, and, and avoid close contact. Um, you know, you're in a situation here where um, you're already in very close contact. So, um, so they had to reduce, um, you know, any kind of free time or recreational time or group time. And so, it's it's a very difficult atmosphere for the men and women because for the most part they're under uh 23 hour a day lockdown in other words you know they're confined to their cells they they can't come out and um you know recreate they can't come out and, and do courses study they can can't come out and socialize um and uh so really they have an hour a day to come out and do some exercise and as you can imagine that just creates you know intense Isolation, right. intense loneliness, stress. I mean, guys and women are worried about their health in addition to all the other things that they're dealing with. You know, court court dates have been um, court dates have been delayed, and so people are there longer than perhaps they should have been. And um, you know, there's no visitors allowed, so you know you're, you're not getting to see loved ones or, or other other volunteers. So the chaplaincy staff has really had to get creative, and and we've done that in a number of ways. Um, kind of old school as well as new school and um uh um old school we've you know we we have a very vibrant mentoring program where men and women are matched with mentors that go into the jail and provide spiritual emotional behavioral support um so that has flourished into a very uh strong pen pal program now so 
um, we've, we've kind of switched over. Mentors are writing to their okay. uh, their mentees in the jail. Um, and it's actually spurred a whole new ministry because, you know, a lot of people were that were uncomfortable maybe physically going into the jail are, are really excited and happy about writing letters. So um, we've got this great ministry that's expanded, you know, the, the mentoring into a, into a really active pen pal program that's offering uh, men and women great support. And, you know, like I said, it's old school, but, um, man, if you're sitting in a cell 23 hours a day and you're getting, you know, a letter once a day or at least once a week, um, it does incredible things for your spirit. I bet. That's fabulous. Now, um, worship-wise, you know, um, we've got every denomination. We've got this incredible chaplaincy staff. Um, I think you guys know uh, Reverend Dr. Kimberly Greenway, our, our head sure. chaplain. And, um, you know, she's really uh, pulled the team together, the chaplains together, so that when it started, you know, we weren't allowed to have worship services. People could not come down to the different the, the chapel or the different pods for worship. So what the various denominations, the various ministers have done is to uh, we started videotaping our, our services. So you have Christian and Jewish and Muslim and Buddhist services that are now being taped once a week. And they're broadcast um, broadcast throughout the, the jail on closed circuit TV. So, you know, it's not as, as perfect as face to face worship, but um, you know, we, we we do music, we do preaching, we do Bible study, so that again, um, the men and women can find some spiritual nourishment through that. Um, we are allowed to have small group worship. Um, they just let us go back to that, but. Um, you know, so we do make the rounds, you know, to, to about 10 people uh, a couple times a day. Uh, but for those men and women, the majority that can't get out to that, um, we, we do have uh, the weekly worship um, as well. So um, that's that's been another, that's kind of the other end. So, you know, we've got the pen pals going, and then we've got the, the high-tech worship going. That's and good. then we've also just, uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, you're good. Go ahead. Just the, the final kind of piece I want to mention was just that we've, uh, the jail, the county has is, is just been able to fund uh, tablets for all the inmates. So, again, kind of high tech, but they're able, in addition to providing, uh, you know, regular books and magazines, uh, which is difficult now because we, we're not allowed to have any volunteers in the jail. So we're kind of short staffed. So the, the ministers that would come in and distribute reading materials, um, it's difficult now. Well, the, the, the folks who are incarcerated have received tablets so they can you know, check out books that they want to read. They can correspond with family members. Um, and, and so we're trying to make the best of a bad situation, just like everybody on the outside, right? I mean, we're trying to make sure that uh, first and foremost, the spiritual needs of the men and women are met. And um, while that's a challenge, uh, I, I think we've been very creative in how we've met that. Mm-hmm. Keith Condrich with us. He joins us from Foundation of Hope, or he is the aftercare director. So, Keith, for people who have not um, been inside the Allegheny County Jail, describe what it's like. I mean, is it is it one inmate per cell, and then there's also pods on each floor, right? Yeah, there's uh, – I, I, I can't keep track of the number of pods because they, they move – I mean, physically, I think there's about 30 pods. Each pod holds 70 to 80 inmates, and – so you have, um, for the most part, men and women, or not men and women, but, you, you know, um, folks who are incarcerated share a cell. Typically, you have a celly, a cellmate. Um, now, when, the, when COVID really hit in spring, um, the jail released a large number of people, again, for safety factors. So 
first-time offenders and nonviolent offenders are released. So um, the jail went from about, um, you know, close to 25, 20, 2,700 people down to about um, half of that right now. So, um, so again, they've tried to, you know, keep individuals in, in single cells when they can, uh, which, you know, by making that, that additional room. Um, and then each pod, you know, the cells kind of surround a common area where there's, um, where, where the, the men and women eat. They also, you know, they have a out, well, it's an outdoor air. The, the air comes in from the outside for recreational gym. Um, and then we also do, we're doing, we're, since people can't move because of the pandemic, um, any in face-to-face worship happens right on the pod. So um, we do that. So then that's an awful lot. I mean, 23 hours a day, you're alone in your pod, uh, essentially isolated. I mean, conversations got to be few and far between, uh, especially uh, spiritual help as well. I mean, are you walking freely? Are the chaplains able to walk about uh, in the different pods and, and talk to people close? Yeah, so any of the full-time chaplains as well as, um, the you know, the, the – um, the, the actual chaplaincy staff, we're not all full-time, but um, the actual chaplaincy staff, which is about 20 people, and that's, you know, various Christian denominations as well as, you know, as I mentioned, Jewish, Muslim, um, Buddhist, uh, we, we do have access. So we're able to go. So if an individual really is struggling and needs to talk to someone, uh, we, we can meet with them. We, again, we are masked just like you would be on the outside. Um, oftentimes it's, it's through talking through their cell door, you know, in, in the old days, you'd, you'd sit at a table or a private sure. conference room. Um, but we are able to, to talk to people. So, you know, th- there are, um, opportunities to interact with people who are really struggling, who, you know, perhaps, uh, you know, are trying to deal with different issues, whether it's family issues, you know, loneliness issues. Uh, there's, there's a lot of fear, you know, there's just like we have here, uh, outside we're, we're afraid. Um, Keith Condrich is with us. He is the aftercare director at foundation of hope. Keith, only about a minute left before you leave us, just tell how you've changed, um, how doing prison ministry has altered you. Yeah, I've been in social services and and Christian ministry for my whole career, 30 years. and, And the, Two and a half years I've been here have been the, the most fulfilling that I've, I've had in my entire career, and mm-hmm. mainly because every day, every day, um, we encounter stories of redemption. You know, not just inside the jail, but men and women that leave the jail and come to our aftercare program on the north side for help with employment or housing. Um, you know, it, it's so easy, you know, as a society to write off people and to say, oh, yeah, they'll, if you're in jail, you deserve to be there. And while it's important to recognize the justice issues that surround us, um, as biblical people, we believe in redemption. We believe that God never gives up on us. And so, um, you know, the most powerful thing that's changed me is just, you know, I kind of had an intellectual grasp of that. Yeah, God forgives, God forgives. But, you know, when you're working with men and women that for for many of them have done some some pretty bad things or or just like anybody made, made some bad mistakes, and, and to see the power of God redeem them and move them forward, reconnecting with their families, reconnecting with their communities, uh, moving forward successfully with work, it's, it's a powerful reminder of God's mercy. 
That's good. That's really good to hear, Keith. I mean, especially here we are in Thanksgiving week, right? Uh, so thanks for that. Listen, uh, before you leave us, talk about Foundation of Hope. If people want to intersect with you in the ministry, give us information there. Yeah, um, best place is to check out our website, website which is www.foundationofhope.org. Um, I did want to mention that, you know, we, we, are, we did get permission to have volunteers come into the jail on December 10th, and that, that is on our website. So, you know, if any of the listeners out there are interested, um, we're going to be packing Christmas gifts for all the inmates. And, you know, they get, uh, you know, a new set of long underwear and some chocolates and writing materials, postage, and sent cards out. And, you know, we're going to be putting together close to 1,500 packets. So if you're interested, go on the website. There's a, a way to sign up. You just, you just have to be 21 or older. And it's a great, great way to spend your, your Christmas season, you know, practicing Matthew 25, right? When I was in prison, you visited me. And, and it's, again, a way to, to share hope with, with many people who don't have hope. Foundation of Hope, we work with anybody that's been incarcerated. It could be county jail, state prison, federal penitentiary. Um, we have the chaplaincy program in the jail. We have our pre-release program in the jail, which is a, an intense study program that, that helps individuals with everything from financial literacy to anger management to parenting skills. It's a special pod for, for the men, special pod for the women. On the outside, we have our diversion program for young people, first-time youth offenders. Um, and we have a brand-new um, adult um, adult diversion program that's launching uh this this coming year and then our aftercare program which again we help provide basic needs assistance you know oftentimes when people leave jail they don't have any clothing this time of year if they they went into jail in the spring they're coming out with shorts and you know they have nothing nothing to wear for winter clothing so um we try to just be a support and and to, to again affirm people's dignity as children of god and help them to move forward That's Keith Condrich, Aftercare Director, Foundation of Hope. Keith, thanks for being here today. Thank you, guys. Hey, have a great Thanksgiving. And again, uh, if any of the listeners are interested, check out the website. There's a lot of ways to volunteer. Uh, most importantly, please, please keep us all in your prayers. Amen to that. Foundation of Hope. Keith Condrich, easily found on the World Wide Web. Take a break. Come back. Uh, is your brain goofing off or is that just a myth? We'll talk about that next. Thank I'm a student. I'm a professional. I'm a woman. And I shouldn't have to worry about walking alone, day or night. I've heard it all. Honey, give me a smile. Harmless catcalls? I never know. I carry Tiger Lady. It's a revolutionary defense tool that's based on one of nature's most efficient defenses, a cat's retractable claws. It weighs less than my phone and is designed to collect DNA. Tiger Lady is discreet and fits in my hand. And when I make a fist, claws come out like a real-life wolverine. It's easy to use, doesn't require training and is legal in all 50 states. Get your Tiger Lady today by going to TigerLady.com. Tiger Lady knows it's been a tough year for everyone. So in the spirit of looking out for one another, we're making Tiger Lady even more affordable so everyone can give the gift of safety and peace of mind this holiday. Through Black Friday, use the code FRIDAY and save 40% off your entire order plus free shipping at TigerLady.com. Go to TigerLady.com and remember to use the code FRIDAY at TigerLady.com today. If you've fallen behind in your credit card payments during the shutdown, you're probably feeling some added pressures. And even a brief history of late payments can lead to a big drop in your credit score. 
But you don't have to solve these problems alone. Trinity Debt Management can help. We'll work with your creditors, put a stop to late fees and other penalties, and make a plan that helps you get caught up. We'll also consolidate your bills into one easy-to-manage monthly payment and negotiate much lower interest rates. Not only will you find immediate relief, you'll save thousands. And don't worry, it's not a loan. It's a smart way to get back on track. All you have to do is give Trinity a quick call, and we'll take care of the rest. Right now, no one really knows what the future will bring. But one thing is for sure. If your debt has you down, we should talk. Here's the number. Call one 800 That's 1-800-990-6976. So I was at the beach recently with family when this guy with a metal detector nearby hits treasure. His detector is beeping. He drops it and starts digging. And my four-year-old nephew loses his mind and has to go see the jewels that are about to be uncovered. So I walk over there with him, admittedly a little excited myself, just in time to see that the incredible discovery is an old rusty zipper. Hey, it's Ryan, and while I'm unfortunately not a treasure hunter, our Faith and Family Mortgage Team has gotten really good at helping Word FM listeners uncover and cash out their own actual treasure. Home values have gone up significantly the last few years, leaving many families with the ability to cash out the equity buried in their home to use for life, like some home updates or paying off credit card debt or getting yourself a really nice metal detector to search for rusty zippers. We our United Faith Mortgage. We pay your appraisal fees up to $500. That's out-of-pocket money. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. Is your brain goofing off? It's kind of hanging around. What, like right now? Well, yeah. I mean, I because... I like I'm engaged. Well, yeah, you are. But, you know, for a long time, we've been told... How much of your brain are you, are you using right oh, now? Oh, yes. Right, right. Yeah, they say, you know, most of the time people are using like, you know, 10% of your brain or 5%. Right, exactly. Right. We've been told that, that we're using 10% of our brain. Well, right. if you, it's, a, it's a myth and it's, it's inaccurate. Now, the origin of that 10% tale is murky, but it might be rooted in some 80-year-old self-help book. But today, it's always trotted out in cartoons and movies and whatnot. The uh, 2014 thriller Lucy. It's, I love, that's a pretty good film. Uh, the scientist on screen reports that 10% claim while speculating about the promise of accessing a larger portion of the mind. Again, in uh, a 2011 film, Limitless, that was, that was also the trope that was pulled out. So here's the deal. It's not true at all. And scientists, in this article that I'm reading from the Wall Street Journal, a neuroscientist from um, Columbia University said, it's absurd. It's as absurd as if I told you that you're using only 10% of your body because biology doesn't work that way. Evolution doesn't work that way. The brain's always at work, but it just depends upon what levels of activity it's being used Mm, to. All right. We find it plausible, says the neuroscientist, because we believe that we have untapped potential. And the idea that 90% is available to us, that really right. sells well. Yeah, we like that. We like to think, you know what? If we I could just... are the masters of our destiny. If yeah. only we could get the other 90%, we could really do something. Right. One of these days, I'm going to tap into that thing. Right. I'm going to take some, you know, what? My vitamin, that's going to at least untap right. at least except, 5 or 10% Except more. there's so much evidence that we're doing a lousy job with the 10% that we are <laughs> engaging. 
What makes us think if we had the other 90, we'd be yeah. a star? So yeah. here's the deal. Your brain's go not goofing off. You may be, right, right. but your brain's trying to do the best possible it can. Okay, but here's something that I feel like my brain, there's a portion of my brain that is currently atrophying. Mm -hmm. And that is the portion that has anything to do with mathematics. Oh, that's really interesting. Now, listen, I was bad in math from the day I was born. Yeah, okay, too. so it's not like I'm looking to, you know, recover some lost potential. I'm just saying, I think it would probably be good for me if I just challenged myself into sure. in some basic things and exercised a whole portion of my, well, you know, brain that I don't use. Get one of those brain apps, right? And you know, Sudoku or whatever, and oh, yeah. you know that. that kind of thing, right? See, that's why I don't do it because I hate. Yeah, it. me too. I'm just gonna I'm gonna turn on some Netflix. <laughs> One hundred one point five W O R D F M Pittsburgh on your smart speaker by saying "Play the Word Pittsburgh" and on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and at Radio.com. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Electoral attention will focus this afternoon on the state of Michigan, where its board of state canvassers have begun meeting to decide upon certification of the state's presidential election results. Despite warnings from public health authorities to stay home for Thanksgiving, Americans are crowding the nation's airports ahead of the holiday. Many of them willing to miss out, not willing to miss out on seeing family and convinced they can do it safely. More than 3 million people screened at U.S. airports on Friday and Saturday. AstraZeneca, the third major drug company to report late-stage results for a potential COVID-19 vaccine. The drug maker shows its trials show the coronavirus vaccine up to 90% effective. On Wall Street, the Dow gained 327 points today. The Nasdaq was up 25. This is SRN News. Let's say you've decided to build a bicycle from scratch. Sounds like an impossible project for my skills. But let's say you've got the skills and I offer you an advantage, a special tool that would help you build the bike faster while saving you legitimate money. My guess is you'd say, bring it on. If you wouldn't, well, then this commercial isn't going to make much sense. My name is Ryan. I'm from United Faith Mortgage, and we believe we have an advantageous tool for you. Our mortgage team is lucky to have a direct lender advantage. Our company is set up to use its own money and make its own lending decisions within its own walls. And often, this advantage allows us to get your refinance or new home loan done faster and get you a better rate, which saves you monthly and lifelong money. Rates are historically low. Now is the time to see how our special tool might work for you. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Melville Park Road, Melville, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to animalistconsumeraccess.org. Corporate animalist number 1335. Rack animalist number 65233. Equal housing lender. I license in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. As life gets back to normal and we start heading back to work, don't leave your leftover stash of toilet paper exposed to rodents. Send them packing the most humane way with plug-in pest-free. G'day, I'm Scott from Plug-In Pest-Free, the electromagnetic device that utilises the active wiring in your home or business to keep rodents and pests away. 100% chemical-free and environmentally friendly. Just plug it in. It's that simple. My strongest performer, the Pro Unit, is good for most homes and small businesses up to 4,000 square feet. Now that's fair income. Is your home or business protected? If not, order yours today at gopestfree.com. Use promo code SAVE20 for 20% off. That's gopestfree.com, promo code SAVE20. Go, 
pestfree.com, promo code SAVE20. Don't spray and regret, plug in and forget. In the know, I'm Andy Solomon. Surprise medical bills may result from emergency situations where the patient is unable to choose their medical transport company, hospital, or doctors. Here's Dr. Mitch Elkind, American Heart Association president, with more. The average surprise medical bill is over $600 and may amount to thousands or even tens of thousands of dollars. The American Heart Association is urging lawmakers on both sides of the aisle to address this issue now. We're leading a national campaign encouraging patients to share their stories about receiving surprise bills with the hashtag, I was billed. Patients should never have to worry about surprise medical bills instead of focusing on their care. For months, Congress has had comprehensive bipartisan legislation in hand that would shield patients and consumers from surprise medical bills. However, lawmakers have yet to move this critical legislation forward. Congress should act now to end surprise medical bills. For more on how you can urge Congress to act, visit heart.org slash surprise bills. Tonight, we'll see increasing amounts of clouds. Expect a low tonight of 31. Tomorrow, cloudy skies. Tomorrow, we'll see a high of 44. Wednesday, we'll have considerable clouds with afternoon rain. We'll see a high Wednesday of 52. Thursday, Thanksgiving Day, we'll have mostly cloudy skies for your holiday. We'll see a shower in spots in the afternoon. Thursday, we'll reach a high of 56. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Well, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along on this Monday edition of Thanksgiving Week. Weird days we are living in, ladies and germs. Weird days indeed. I hope that wherever you are, you're, you're safe, you're taking precautions, and uh, the bubble of loved ones around you are following as well because uh, numbers are going up across Allegheny County and across Western Pennsylvania. So uh, praying for you and for your safety for all of us here in these uh, very dark days. Mm-hmm. Kath, good to see you here. Thank You're you, in your spare room in, in sconce as well. I sure am. Mm-hmm. And I've got my uh, cup of uh, hot water with a lemon to kind of warm oh. me. I mean, you're living large. I and really if anything's going to beat COVID, a glass of warm Ex- water and lemon. Exactly. And I've got, John, what I'm calling the top six. Mm. I mean, news stories. No, not news stories. We're oh. doing a Thanksgiving contest called Weird Thanksgiving Recipes. And so we've been going to the listening audience and saying, okay, listen, we don't really want to hear about your like sauteed sweet potatoes or, you know, your garlic mashed because that's not that weird but we would like to hear a recipe that is traditional for your family that's on your table which is weird mm-hmm. and i'm happy to say john <laughs> i have garnered six that i have uh, labeled as the top six yeah okay so from across western pennsylvania families gather mm-hmm. for a taste sensation that may appear only at christmas or thanksgiving yes exactly mm-hmm. now here's the thing tomorrow we will narrow down from this six, the top two, mm. and we will announce them. All right. Now, the, the, the sort of the cherry on top of the um, Sunday mm-hmm. is you in your own kitchen making two yes. of those final recipes. Mm-hmm. I look forward to that. 
Well, doesn't everybody look forward to that? Because it's going to be the lowest rent cooking show you've ever seen. Now, come on now. Listen, we don't want to disparage anyone's love for something very special. Because I think no, a lot I'm of these. Talking about, I'm talking about the filming of it oh, and the oh, person who's cooking. I don't mean oh, the recipes, John. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Yeah, yeah. No, the... we're not looking for Steven Spielberg here, right? You know, <laughs> well, good right? thing because you're not getting it. Good. Okay, so what's interesting is, you know, you've I've been privy to some of these recipes. Mm-hmm. They're really based on tradition and sentimentality. Are they not? I think most of them are. And a stick of butter. (laughs) Or a pound. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of sticks of butter. Would you like to hear the first one, John? Please, yes. Okay, this is your top six. Um, This is from Robin. Robin tells me about her great aunt's bologna cake. Mm. This is how it works. That's it, right? Those are two words that she never used together, right? Okay, are you ready? Okay, this is what Robin's great aunt did. She took cream cheese (laughs) and she added... um, Worcestershire sauce to that yeah, and some diced onion. Okay. So just yeah. picture that you got that little mixture. Yeah. Then she put a piece of bologna on a plate uh-huh. and then she covered the bologna with yeah. the cream cheese mixture. Uh-huh. And then she put another piece of bologna and more of the cream cheese mixture. And uh-huh. she made that into a layer cake. <laughs> okay. That she frosted mm-hmm. with cheese whiz. <laughs> And people ate that. That is what she did. <laughs> God bless the pilgrims. Now, that's a weird Thanksgiving recipe. Yeah, it truly right. is. You yeah. want to hear another one? Yeah, I'll go. Okay, this is from Coralie. Pineapple casserole. Mm. Okay. So this is what you do. You um, combine the following. Crushed pineapple. Mm. Flour. Two sleeves of Ritz crackers. Yep. Sugar, <laughs> two cups of shredded cheddar cheese, and a stick of butter. <laughs> what do you do with those Ritz crackers? You, uh, dip you, them? you break them up. No, you, oh, you crush them up. You, you, this is basically, you just mix all of these things I just told you together in a bowl. Yeah. Uh-huh. You put it in a casserole dish and you bake it. <laughs> That's weird. That sounds horrible. Sorry. Okay. okay, you ready? Yep. This is from Bonnie. Corned beef jello salad. Mm. Oh. Okay, this is what you do. You combine five hard-boiled eggs, corned beef from a can, chopped celery, onion, Miracle Whip, salt. And you combine that with, wait for it, lemon jello. (laughs) You put that in a mold. You put that in a mold. (laughs) (laughs) Of course you do. So Bonnie. Yeah. And then you put like that, you just eat it like on a plate with like a fork. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You put okay. it like it's, you know, next to your yeah, turkey. Sure. Okay. Good. Uh-huh. Um, so that that's Bonnie's mom's favorite. Okay. Mm-hmm. You yeah. Keep going. Cause this is from really, Stacey. I'm so hungry right now. I can't believe it. You know, my taste buds are really active. Right. Okay. This is, I think this is number four of six. <laughs> yeah. Banya Kada or oh. perhaps Kauda. Okay. B-A-N-A-C-A-U-D-A. Mm-hmm. That's an Italian word, two Italian words which are translated to hot bath. Oh. Okay. And this is how you make a hot bath. You take a pound of butter and you put it in a skillet. And then you add 12 large cloves of garlic. Wow. And you add 12 anchovy fillets. (laughs) And then you cook it. And when it's done... It's going to be the most garlicky thing, apparently, that you've ever imagined. Yeah. And you dip vegetables in it and cabbage 
and crusty mm-hmm. bread. Yeah, and you want to stay away from open flames, right? Because <laughs> or anyone or anyone you'd like to attract in any way. Right. There's no dating going on with that little appetizer. Uh, that's Patricia, pretty good. Patricia mm. uh, tells me about her aunt Daisy's casserole. Mm. This is what you want to do. You want to mix frozen broccoli with some frozen lima beans. And then you want to put a small can of water chestnuts in there. Okay. So when that's all mixed around, John, you're going to add one of those packages of French onion dip, you know, the dehydrated one. Sure. Yeah. And then you're going to add a can of cream of mushroom soup. Mm. You're going to mix that all in there. And then you know what you're going to top it with? What's that? A mixture of two cups of Rice Krispies and a stick of butter. (laughs) That screams 1964. Mm-hmm. Seriously. That's, that's a throwback. Casserole. That's good. Here's the last. Here's number six out of mm. what I have deemed the top six. Okay. Fried Cheerios. <laughs> this is from Mary. And she says, to get us out of the kitchen, my mom would fry some Cheerios in butter. Oh. And then let us sit in front of the parade. Sometimes she'd spice them up with pumpkin pie spice. Yeah, that's not bad at all. That's mm-hmm. a smart mom right there. Yep, that's what Mary said. Fried Cheerios. Okay, that's, six. that's six. Mm-hmm. That's six weird recipes. All right, people. it certainly is. All right, I looked forward to the uh, unveiling of your top two selections mm-hmm. and, of course, your culinary skill making those top two selections. And I, Do I get a bite of those? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I would like to invite you here publicly, John, to my home tomorrow. All right. Um, around 11 a.m., mm-hmm. I am going to present to you, John, the finished product, two cooked or, I mean, maybe it's not cooked. Maybe I choose one that doesn't get cooked. But anyway, okay. two finished dishes for mm-hmm. you to sample. All right. And then you can help me determine which is our grand prize winner right. for Friday, or for okay. Wednesday show. All right. Now, because of COVID, we won't be seeing each other face to face. Will you leave those on no, your phone? Oh, no. You're me? right. Um, okay. How about this? How about I prepare the dishes? Mm-hmm. Okay. So my daughter just had COVID. Right? I've yep. shared this on the air. My 18 yep. year old daughter. And we lived in the same house with her for 10 days. And my husband and I did not get it. And the mm-hmm. only there are multiple reasons why, including a lot of Lysoling of doorknobs, the fact yeah. that she never left her room, but also we served all of her food on paper plates mm-hmm. and with plastic utensils that she threw away. So John, yeah. I have some leftovers. Great. I will put these two dishes on paper plates mm. with plastic utensils. And what if I leave them for you on my front porch? Yeah. I mean, nothing says Thanksgiving, like eating some, weird things on someone's front porch hope your neighbors don't see me they'll like who's this guy they'll call the cops yeah they might i like it all right our weird thanksgiving taste treat continues tomorrow with our final two selections made in kathy's COVID 19 kitchen very nice so we take a break mm-hmm. all right so speaking of thanksgiving stephen mansfield will be with us knowing and honoring the original Thanksgiving story. That's next. The Ride Home with Johnny Kathy here on 101.5 WORD. 101.5 WORD. When Rachel Earl's young husband set out to climb Mount Everest, Rachel found herself vacillating between enthusiasm and anxiety. Is he in a good place? Can I even trust what he's saying right now? I know this summit fever is so real, and I think my husband has it, and this could cost him his life. When you're a young wife, how do you process that? Next time on Family Life Today. Tomorrow morning at 9 on 101.5 Word FM WORD. 
Still paying outrageous premiums for your health insurance? Or maybe you settled with a ministry plan, some short-term medical or limited benefit plan that lacks the coverage you need? This is Kathy Emmons for my friends at Marley Financial. Every agency offers the same stuff, well, except for Marley. Marley Financial now offers a unique ACA clone that looks feels, and most importantly, acts just like a Blue Cross plan. In fact, it's even better. You can go to any hospital or facility anywhere in the country. They'll actually waive your deductible for inpatient and surgery. Does your plan do that? Plus, they can customize your plan to reduce your costs for the rest of your life. Contact Marley Financial today, 724-884-1496. You don't have to wait till open enrollment, 724-884-1496, or visit MarleyFG.com. Nobody does health insurance like Marley, 724-884-1496. By now, you've heard me talk about MyPillow and how it literally changed my life. Hey, this is John Hall. My pillow does not go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want. They maintain their shape and they're made in the USA. And for a limited time, Mike Lindell is offering his premium my pillows for as low as prices ever. You can get a standard queen premium my pillow for just $29.98, originally $69.98. That's a $40 savings, and kings are only $5 more. Not only are you getting the lowest price ever, $29.98 for a standard queen, but Mike is extending his 60-day money-back guarantee to March 1st, 2021. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, use promo code WORD, or you can call one 800 Three nine one zero nine five four. You'll find all the MyPillow products at MyPillow.com, but by calling right now at 1-800-391-0954, promo code WORD, you'll get yours soon. Hey, are you guys open? Yeah, yeah, we are. Come on in. As businesses reopen across the nation, is your business prepared for what comes next? Salem Surround can help. COVID-19 brought America's thriving economy to a screeching halt. But now, local businesses are getting back to normal. Are you ready for the return to business and all that pent-up consumer demand? Contact Salem Surround. Learn more by logging on to surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. In November of 1620, the Mayflower completed its voyage across the Atlantic. But before its weary passengers walked on American soil for the first time, 41 men signed something known as the Mayflower Compact, which in many ways helped make America what it is today, a democracy, a free society. Here to talk to us about that and Thanksgiving proper, knowing and honoring the original Thanksgiving story, Stephen Mansfield is back with us. Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times bestselling author of Lincoln's Battle with God, The Faith of Barack Obama, Pope Benedict XVI, Choosing Donald Trump, and Never Give In, The Extraordinary, extraordinary Character of Winston Churchill. And Stephen, welcome back. We are excited for this conversation. Well, it's great to be with you again. Thank you. Stephen, I read an article in the New York Times over the weekend on why Thanksgiving should be abolished. And as you can imagine, it was a real pick-me-up. It was all the reasons why we should completely, you know, put this holiday behind us, everything from how horrible Christopher Columbus was to how, you know, we've marginalized Native Americans to how we are, we're eating bad food to everything about it. So I guess the reason I'm so excited about this conversation is I want to get back to the heart of what really happened, not something that's just going to make me feel good or something that's going to make me feel bad, but maybe just what the real story is. 
Well, it's so interesting that people are attacking Thanksgiving and the original Thanksgiving story because it's such a sweet, innocent, faith-filled uh, kind of experience, kind of an episode in our history, and you wouldn't think people would go at it. But I guess because they associate it with abusive Native Americans and uh, other supposed myths, uh, that they just are, you know, launching an attack against it. It really is interesting to see all the articles coming out this year. It surely is. Okay, so Stephen, then go back to the very beginning because those pilgrims, those brave men and women who came across the Atlantic in the cold and in the dark and in the fear, they were suffering religious persecution. They were really true persecution, weren't they? They were. They absolutely were. Uh, they were separatists. They did not believe the Church of England was pure enough. Uh, Puritans would have stayed and tried to purify it. Separatists just couldn't stay. And so they were harried, as they used to say, harried out of England uh, from their town of, of Scrooby in North England. And they ended up living in Holland for 12 years. Very, very difficult, very hard physical labor. They tended to lose their children to the you know, immoral society. And so finally, in 1620, they decided to sail to the New World. Now, it's important to know why. We read their journal articles, we read their prayers, and they said they wanted to be a stepping stone of the light of Christ to the natives in that part of the world. In other words, they weren't just running from persecution. They had a positive vision to be a stepping stone of the light of Christ in the New World and reach the natives of that land. So this was a lot of the reason they sailed. Well, the, the, we, we all probably have heard the basics of the story. Uh, they sailed uh, in 1620, uh, 66 days across the North Atlantic in water so cold that the U.S. Navy says that you'll die if you're just in it for three minutes. That's how cold that water was. Terrible storms, uh, terrible beating of the ship. It was just miserable. And the sailors on that ship, who, who weren't part of the pilgrims and weren't part of the religious community, um, called them psalm-singing puke stockings, because those are the two things they spent most of their time doing, uh, singing psalms, uh. psalms and throwing up. Oh, my gosh. Uh. Okay, so those men and women, uh, because the trip was so arduous, several of them or more died on the journey just before they even hit American soil, right? One died just about the time they hit American soil, and uh, it was it was pretty miserable. Now, now that's just among the pilgrims. There was another one who died, uh, who was one of the sailors. In fact, he was the one who most called the pilgrims psalm singing puke stockings. Uh, so he passed away on the on the ship as well. But among the pilgrims, only one died before they actually uh, set ashore. I see. Okay, so Stephen, what I'm really uh, sort of always curious about was they they landed, you know, in in Plymouth, but they came in November. How could they be so far off? Why didn't they come in the springtime when they had time to settle down? Well, they tried to, to get there earlier, but they had a number of business dealings that got complex. Uh, they set sail initially on two ships, one called the Speedwell and, of course, the Mayflower. Uh, after they got just a few miles off the shore of England, the Speedwell began to take on water. So they had to turn around and go back. Some people saw this as a sign of God's not favoring that, that particular voyage, so they, they, they gave up. Others piled onto the Mayflower, so that by the time they got everything straightened out, their business dealings, their leaky ship, other problems, uh, they ended up sailing way too late. And this, of course, contributed to a great deal of suffering once they got there. Yes. Right. So okay, they, so they, talk about those early days. What did they see when they arrived? What were the conditions like? Well, they would have seen that empty shore. If you've been on Cape Cod, you know it's a it's a big, open, wide beach. They wouldn't have seen much. They had they sailed around uh, trying to find some place that was good to land. 
when they finally did go to land, they began to notice way back uh, away from the shore, uh, the trees, the forest, and they did see natives looking at them, but they never got them got close enough or were able to talk to them or call them out. And then finally, as they started building their own, you know, huts and their own to, to try to survive, began building something of a village. Um, this is one of the great stories that people don't talk about in school. Uh, a great big Indian, about six three, six four in height, strode out of the woods, and in almost perfect English said, "Do you have a beer?" Now. They're not teaching that in school, but I'll tell you that is the truth, and the reason is this Indian was named Samoset. He had sailed around with uh, English sea captains before, learned the English language. He had probably even sailed to England and back, um, and he was trying to greet the pilgrims with something cheery and happy and friendly, and uh, obviously he knew that Eng the English people were drinkers of beer. This was at a time when they wouldn't have consumed uh, water because they, they believed that water was tainted, any kind of natural water was tainted. So he said, do you have a beer? And this started the relationships between those English pilgrims and the Indians. Oh, now, wait, parenthetically, are you saying that should be the official Thanksgiving greeting? <laughs> you <have a> beer? <laughs> it probably should. It probably should. But it indicates that uh, I, I frankly see this as part of the providence of God. Imagine sailing, you know, one third or, or more the way oh, around yeah. the world, landing in a strange land and having somebody walk out who knows your language and oh, they're amazing. not they're not native to your land. I think that's the providence of God. That truly is. Okay, so speaking of God's providence, can you talk for a second about the Mayflower Compact? Because obviously these were men and women who had a deep and abiding faith, and they came here to serve the Lord. But they also, you know, before they left the ship, I understand there was a bit of, you know, bad feelings between people about how they were going to move forward. What about leadership? So the Mayflower Compact, in many ways, sort of set the tone about government as they started to land. Exactly. They, because of the storms that they had sailed through across the ocean, they were 500 miles off course. Uh, they were supposed to land in the realms then known as Northern Virginia, which would have gone all the way up into Delaware, uh, but they were much further north than that. So before they went ashore, they were some of them were concerned that they weren't governed by the charter that they had been issued before they sailed. In other words, um, the governing documents they had didn't apply. And since they weren't all Christians, they weren't all pilgrims, other, there, were, there were what they called strangers among them, meaning people not of their faith or of no faith, they were concerned that when they went to ashore, they wouldn't have any governing documents. So they drew up on the Mayflower before they permanently went ashore, uh, a thing that has come to be known as the Mayflower Compact. And it's very a very important document in history. Looking back, it's one of the really kind of an antecedent of our own constitution, although the pilgrims, of course, would not have thought that way. But it, it literally contains the sentence, we sailed for the glory of God and the advancement of the Christian faith. Well, you can understand why maybe some people want to abolish the memory of that document, because it's a very strong statement. We sail for the glory of God and the advancement of the Christian faith. And then they went on to say that they bound themselves together. They called it a civil body politic, meaning we are governed by certain laws. We are Englishmen, um, and we have bound ourselves together in a covenant of governance. Well, this, of course, is exactly what a constitution is. So those who look back over our legal history, our constitutional history in America, we obviously look back to the Mayflower Compact, which not only states the reason that these people sail very strongly, uh, but also is, of course, the first compact, the first covenant that would have been a governing compact of, of, of Englishmen on these shores. 
Stephen Mansfield is with us, New York Times bestselling author of Lincoln's Battle with God, The Faith of Barack Obama, Choosing Donald Trump, and Never Give In, The Extraordinary Character of Winston Churchill. Talk about the relationship between um, between the pilgrims and the Native Americans. It seems like, as I said, um, there are not just the New York Times article I read, but a ton of articles right now about how this is why Thanksgiving should be put behind us, is that, you know, the white man's behavior to the Native American is so wretched that the holiday should be scrapped. Well, this is this is one of the sillier things I've heard historians say. The fact is that when the pilgrims first arrived, those from the Mayflower, uh, that the natives, Samoset and then his friend Squanto, who is so famous, especially among schoolchildren, um, were very fast friends. And in fact, the pilgrims wrote that Squanto was a real token of God's grace in their lives. Uh, the, the Indians taught them how to harvest the sea, taught them how to plant in that unique environment, uh, taught them how to survive the winter. I mean, half of them would eventually starve in the starving time, partially because they had arrived so late with such poor provisions. But the natives uh, are responsible, they said, the pilgrims said themselves, for keeping so many alive. What, what historians point to is that later, decades and decades later, there was a war. In 1675, notice that that's 54 years after the Thanksgiving that we're talking about, okay. Uh, okay. there was a thing called King Philip's War between whites and Indians. Interesting, but that was 54 years later. Exactly. And so they point to that war. And then, of course, they say, well, the whites and the natives didn't get along. But that is not the way it was initially. And by the way, by 1675, most of those who had sailed on the Mayflower had died. In fact, Mm -hmm. maybe all of them had. I don't know the exact lifespan of each each person on the Mayflower. But most of them would have died. So in other words, that initial generation had a wonderful relationship with the the natives and attributed them as tokens of God's grace. It wasn't until almost 54 years later that a war broke out. That was over other issues, different issues, and amongst the different people. So I think it's a, a little bit unfair to, to blame the, the founding generation for what took place almost a half, a half a century later. Of course, Stephen, the Thanksgiving meal that we're eating traditionally for all these many decades here in America is not exactly what was served at the first Thanksgiving. And of course, that, that meeting, whether you know it was uh, an invitation for the Indians to show up, the Native Americans to show up or not, that's also under some sort of a cloud of controversy. Can we take a quick break and come back and maybe you can go into more detail about that first Thanksgiving meal? Absolutely. I'd love to. Very nice. Stephen Mansfield was with us. We'll uh, take a break. As I said, be back in just a few minutes. Stick around. More about Thanksgiving. Hey, ready to go? I sure am. My sleep has been great ever since I started treatment for sleep apnea. Well, nearly 30 million adults have it, including me. Now, let me guess. It was your snoring that gave it away? Oh, yes, it was. Intense snoring is one of the classic signs. Other signs include gasping for breath during sleep and daytime sleepiness. If untreated, the risk of heart disease and stroke increases. I didn't know that, but I'm glad to hear the treatment can help. Certainly can. To learn more about the warning signs, visit DefendSleep.com. If you have an unpaid tax debt to the IRS that you can't pay, 
today. Please hear this special notice. Specially approved IRS relief programs designed to aid delinquent taxpayers are now in effect that can significantly improve your financial situation. Depending on your circumstances, you may qualify to have your tax problem resolved in your favor and may even have your back taxes reduced by thousands or eliminated entirely. A relief hotline has been established by Community Tax for you to call and see if you qualify at 800-500-5588. If you owe the IRS back taxes that you can't afford to pay, don't let the IRS trick you into thinking you have no way out. Our highly accredited tax professionals will let you know what you qualify for and how much you can save. We may be able to stop all liens, garnishments, levies, and save you thousands. Call and see if you qualify for this taxpayer relief at 800-555-88. That's 800-555-88. Community Tax. Who's your tax guy? Well, in-person learning at most colleges across the country and at Grove City College here locally have just about ended, if not already. To survive this semester, it required a large measure of planning, good decision-making, and flexibility on the part of the staff and the students. So first and foremost, because of low numbers, kudos to Grove City College for meeting in person from the beginning of the semester until now. That really says a lot about the excellence of Grove City College. Look, um, both Kath and I have kids there. We personally invested in this process. And Kath, although it wasn't perfect, it was a really good semester, wasn't it? Yeah I, yeah, I can't tell you how many times my husband and I talked to our kids and said, you know, thank God that you are in a place where you can actually be in class in person. Now, look, there were all sorts of isolations and quarantines and, you know, like every other college, the last month has been absolute craziness. I've just been grateful for the fact that, as you said, John, people there at Grove City have a strong enough um uh, knowledge and appreciation of authority and they're willing to be able to change things up if they have to at the last minute to just keep things going till the end of the semester. And I don't know, I've just been grateful for them the whole way through. Now, of course, we don't know what next semester or fall of 21 is going to look like, but if you're looking for a quality education, Grove City College, gcc.edu. Listen on your smart speaker, the Word FM app at wordfm.com, iHeart, TuneIn, and on radio.com, in the car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Tonight, we'll see increasing amounts of clouds. Expect a low tonight of 31. Tomorrow, cloudy skies. Tomorrow, we'll see a high of 44. Wednesday, we'll have considerable clouds with afternoon rain. We'll see a high Wednesday of 52. Thursday, Thanksgiving Day, we'll have mostly cloudy skies for your holiday. We'll see a shower in spots in the afternoon. Thursday, we'll reach a high of 56. With your Iraqi weather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. First Thanksgiving with Stephen Mansfield, New York Times bestselling author. You can find Stephen Mansfield easily on the web and his excellent website. So, Stephen, we're about to sit down for Thanksgiving dinner, that very first Thanksgiving dinner. How many people from the Mayflower were in attendance? Do you have any idea? Well, only about half of those who had sailed. And the reason is that they had endured such a horrible starving time in which, Mm. again, about half died, sometimes at a rate of two or three a day. So they would have been down approximately in the 40 range by this time. That's 40 Englishmen. Um, And then, of course, we we probably should say that the reason that they starved, of course, was that food was in such horribly low supply. At one point, the ration got down to five kernels of corn a day and a little bit of brackish water. So it was really, really a horrible time. 
after they emerged from that time, they began to do a different kind of farming. They began to do private plots of farming and changed a few things about their methods, and they had a really bountiful harvest. So that's why, come the fall of 1621, the governor declared a day of Thanksgiving. Hmm. Okay, so it wasn't uh, five kernels and some brackish water this time. Tell us what was included. Well, it's interesting. They would have had quite a variety of food, and some of it, what we actually eat now by tradition. Uh, The the Indians, there were 90 braves that showed up. Can you believe it? But they brought with them five venison, five deer that they had just shot. So probably the main meat at the first Thanksgiving was venison. Uh, Then, of course, they would have had lots of fowl, duck, turkey, etc., goose. Uh, and, And then, of course, they would have brought from the sea a great deal of fish. But uh, the cornbread would have been one of the main uh, delights. They also learned from the Indians how to pop popcorn, by the way. And there would have been meat pies, English-style meat pies and so on, and and maybe some fruit pies. So it's very possible that our pumpkin pie was eaten at that meal. But um, in other words, we've we've kind of narrowed the menu down a little bit from what they had. They would have had a much broader range of food at that time, Mm -hmm. though, of course, their cooking and their serving was much ruder than ours. Interesting. Okay, so then talk about the nature of Thanksgiving, because obviously with the pilgrims, they're believers in Jesus, they're giving thanks. And the Native Americans, even though I don't know a lot about their worship experience, uh, I imagine them to be grateful people as well. They were grateful. They worshipped the, the Great Spirit, as we often know, just even from television movies. Um, and they, they had the natives had some degree of honor for the pilgrims' faith. They noticed they were people of prayer. They noticed they were people turned to the to the great God above, the Great Spirit. Um, what we need to know, though, is that uh, yes, certainly the pilgrims prayed and gave thanks to God. But we also need to know that the first Thanksgiving ranged over four days. And it uh, involves sports and shooting and wrestling and all kinds of things. And uh, I know you, you don't want your children to hear this, but at one point, a humorous food fight broke out. and People started throwing apple cores at each other. <laughs> so uh, the, the fact that we have sports mixed in with our Thanksgiving celebration really is sort of in keeping, you know, in a much simpler way, uh, with the original Thanksgiving. So the angst, Stephen, between the white man and the Native American um, developed over time? It did develop over time, and it it had to do with all the things that you can imagine. It had to do with land and territory and alliances with other Indians. The Indians in the area, all the tribes, certainly saw the pilgrims as superior. I don't mean racially, obviously, but I mean in terms of technology, in terms of their guns, their weapons, their their science, etc. And so there became great questions and contests and tensions over who are they allied with and who's closer to the pilgrims. And if a certain tribe gets closer to them, uh, other natives will attack them. And eventually, of course, this all launched into a huge war, as I say, King Philip's War. King Philip was, a, was the English name of an Indian chief uh, in 1675. So uh, that war was quite bloody. And, and uh, yes, there were decapitations. And yes, there were dismemberments. And yes, it was horrible, as war often is. But, but, it, but all that had very little to do with the founding generation, the generation that came over on the Mayflower. And I, I think it's a shame that any of that should be allowed to you know, remove us from the beauty of this sweet story and this episode in our history. Yes. Okay, so then, Stephen, this this corrective history that we're undergoing now, where Native Americans have been celebrating the National Day of Mourning, or we look at, you know, the New York Times um, work, 1619. So different people have different stories of their uh, immersion into American life and culture. 
but this is something that we should take seriously, whether, you know, we're just, you know, regular people who love America or people who are teaching and love history. It's important to know this, this beginning sort of story of who we are as people, because there's pushback now and it may be in danger of disappearing. It absolutely should is in danger of disappearing, and I, I strongly recommend uh, that those listening to us right now do on their Thanksgiving Day what they often did in New England, and many of them still do, to remember that starving time at Plymouth uh, when there were only five kernels of corn. Many in New England observed the tradition of putting five kernels of corn on each plate at the Thanksgiving dinner table just before the food was served, mm. and that, was a, that then was a moment of prayer and reflection, remembering the starving time, remembering the pilgrims and others who had suffered for this country and suffered for the faith in this land. And I want to say quickly, um, I, don't, I don't at all take lightly the fact that there was a kind of a holocaust ultimately visited on Native Americans in, in this country. There's no question there were betrayals. There's no question there was slaughter. There's yes. no question there was unrighteousness. And in a sense, I have some sympathy for this, uh, having Native Americans in my family, um, that, that this did begin with Columbus and did sort of begin with the pilgrims. Now, I say that it began, you know, people point at Columbus and say, well, look, he, he brought diseases to, to, to the Indians uh, were in the islands he visited. Well, he did, this was long before we understood about microorganisms or diseases. He didn't know what he was doing. He didn't bring a Holocaust on purpose. And the pilgrims, as we've already observed, uh, intended to come and be a stepping stone of the light of Christ to the natives in this part of the world. So there's no question there's a Holocaust that happened with Native Americans to be bemoaned and maybe to be redressed uh, in our time. But to lay that on the pilgrims, to lay that even on Columbus, is a little silly. They, they simply were exploring. They simply were trying to do good. Uh, they couldn't have known about diseases, and, and the founding generation of pilgrims couldn't be responsible for that later war almost a half a century later. So I, I think we can I think we can honor the Native American sacrifices and redress those grievances without necessarily having to diminish this beautiful, powerful story of faith at our founding. Stephen, last question for you. Does it grieve you as a historian that it seems the way we tell stories right now in America is just all or nothing? So either the pilgrims were all perfect people who never did anything to Native Americans um, throughout any of their you know, history or any of their generations, or not the exact opposite. Same with Native Americans. Either Native Americans were all, you know, warring savages that the white man had to somehow subdue, or they were people who were just all peaceful all the time. Look, we are all fallen. We are all flawed. Sin has made us all a little crazy. And so no people are perfect and no people are without their, you know, the damage done to other people. Um, So I, I believe we should tell the truth. I believe we should honor where honor is due, that we should blame where blame is due. We should have an honest history, and that, that's what leads to healing. I have to say that sometimes the myths do as much damage as anything. I was reading a mm. scholarly article this past week about this very subject, the pilgrims. One of the first things they attacked um, is the idea of Plymouth Rock. If you go visit Plymouth, you'll actually see kind of a Greco-Roman pavilion over the rock where the pilgrims supposedly first landed. Well, of course, there's no evidence for that. It's unlikely they ever stepped on a rock. 
And so when we have myths like this, people can say, well, now look, the whole story's wrong. But in fact, that's just a small, silly thing. Probably some travel agency, you know, trumped up a hundred years later. So uh, we have to tell the truth. We have to be real. We have to honor the past. And we also have to work against this modern trend of questioning and doubting everything that came before us. There was nobility. There was faith. Uh, there, there was a good foundation poured in this country, despite, of course, some of the excesses. And so we want to reclaim the good and put a check on the, on the negative, and then I think we'll be a more noble people in our time. Uh, that's very good, a more noble people. Stephen, take a second and talk to about people uh, where they can find you on the web. Oh, I appreciate that. StephenMansfield.tv is my website, and all of my social media is Mansfield Writes, my last name with W-R-I-T-E-S attached. So great to be with you guys. Always enjoy talking to you. Thank you. Our That's pleasure. Stephen, Stephen Mansfield, bestselling author, Lincoln's Battle with God, Choosing Donald Trump, Never Give In, The Extraordinary Character of Winston Churchill. More ahead on The Ride Home. W-O-R-D. God bless everyone. What's the biggest blessing you can imagine this Christmas season? How about having your mortgage or rent paid for for all of next year? It's possible when you enter the Christmas Mortgage Miracle Sweepstakes. You can even enter once a day to increase your opportunities to win. See rules and conditions for details. To our Merry Christmas, God bless us. God bless us. Enter the Christmas Mortgage Miracle Sweepstakes brought to you by Trinity Jewelers. Go to wordfm.com slash contests over the river and through the woods to grandmother's house we go remember those old-fashioned holidays when the pace was slower and the food all tasted like grandma had been cooking all day just for you you know what she probably did you know what else at the spring house in 84 we still cook all day long just for you so even though your life is filled with running we can make sure that you still enjoy an old-fashioned holiday Call the Springhouse now to order fresh turkeys. Not frozen, mind you, fresh. The only kind Grandma used. The aroma of a turkey roasting in your oven will fill the house with promises of what's to come. Let us prepare side vegetable dishes like Aunt Emma's breaded broccoli, sweet potato pie, or even real mashed potatoes. And don't you forget to order the dinner rolls and, of course, our own homemade pumpkin pies or even apple crumb. They seem to be the favorites this year. Call 228-3339 now and let us help you enjoy a real old-fashioned holiday. Let's say you've decided to build a bicycle from scratch. Sounds like an impossible project for my skills. But let's say you've got the skills and you're building this bike. And I offer you an advantage, a special tool that would help you build the bike faster while saving you legitimate money. My guess is you'd say, bring it on. If you wouldn't, well, then this commercial isn't going to make much sense. My name is Ryan, I'm from United Faith Mortgage, and we believe we have an advantageous tool for you. Our mortgage team is lucky to have a direct lender advantage. Our company is set up to use its own money and make its own lending decisions within its own walls. There's no middleman. And often, this advantage allows us to get your refinance or new home loan done faster and get you a better rate, which saves you monthly and lifelong money. Rates are historically low. Now is the time to see how our special tool might work for you. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. Hope at Home, formerly Excel Home Care, is proud to offer benefits to heroes of home care, including Hero Pay and Hero Sign-On bonuses. Any caregiver who joins the Help at Home team is eligible for a Hero Pay $500 sign-on bonus plus ongoing bonus pay. We know it's been a difficult time. Help at Home wants to make sure you get the Hero Pay you deserve. 
Give us a call today to find out more or go to helpathomepa.com. That's helpathomepa.com. Every day, the men and women of the United States Marine Corps demonstrate their commitment to defend the American way of life. Since 1775, wherever the mission takes us, we always remember the land we call home. As Marines, we take a stand for our nation, for us all. The few, the proud, the Marines. Hurry, kids, we're late for school. Dance practice, Find out how other families have dealt with the crisis of chaos on our online parenting forum. Just go to family.org slash parenting. Focus on the family. Helping families thrive. Last week we were talking a lot about Preborn, which is a ministry to help children who are, as you might imagine, pre-born, and the involvement of pregnancy care centers all across this country. Well, we're really excited here because in Pittsburgh, Women's Choice Network has been a really fixture for women and their unborn babies for many generations. And here to talk to us about pre-born and Women's Choice Network are Lynn and Blaine Workman. They're involved with a new initiative called The Nest. Lynn and Blaine, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Yeah, we're so happy to have you guys. We're excited about The Nest. We want you to tell us about it. And I'm also excited that it's in this brand new kind of upscale corridor that's on East Ohio Street in the north side. Tell us. Well, Lynn, why don't you start? You're the, you're okay. the store manager. You're, you're the key person here. So um, we're really excited about it being here on the north side as well. Um, this is a collaborative effort with Allegheny Center Alliance Church, which is also located um, on East Ohio Street, and then Women's Choice Network, um, which is here as well. So there is a partnership that started um, with the two of them back in 2012, whenever Women's Choice um, became a part of the North Side. So this has been a dream and vision of both our church and Amy Sharing, who is the director of all of our um, Women's Choice Network centers to be able to have a resale shop um, that is convenient uh, for the clients to go to, as well as um, being able to serve the um, Northside community as well as the greater Pittsburgh area. So uh, we're really excited. We've worked really hard to get open today. So we're yeah. Um, we're really excited to um, oh, congratulations. To kick off. That's yeah, thank now, you. We're excited about that, Lynn. Now this is this is upscale clothing for little kids, right? It is, and so our tagline is "Nearly New Clothing for Little Peeps." And so um, we're playing on the whole nest and the bird theme. So um, the fun part about it is that. Um, we say nearly new, but I would say a third of our merchandise is brand new. And uh, mm-hmm. that is thanks to um, uh, supporters of Women's Choice Network. We have over 120 churches that support us in the greater Pittsburgh area. And um, many of them have done drive-by baby showers or just taken donation. I know at Allegheny Center, we have a donation box outside 
on their desk because of COVID. <laughs> and um, it is amazing when you look in this beautiful store and you see all these clothes and, and realize that every single piece has been donated. It is quite overwhelming, actually. Wow. So then nearly new to new children's clothing. Um, talk about the age. Um, zero to how old? So it's newborn to size seven, eight. And why we chose that um, age is we realized that once they get into a certain age or grade, um, they have more opinions about what they want to wear. <laughs> so we feel we felt like leaving it at seven eight was a was a good um, a good place to sell. So. Terrific. Okay, so it is called The Nest on East Ohio, East Ohio Street in the north side. Talk about the hours that it's open, Lynn. Yes, so we are open Tuesday through Friday from 10 to 5 and Saturday 10 to 2. And I will um, caveat that by saying that we are going to extend our hours from 10 to 4 on Saturdays for the next couple weeks because of the holidays. So we understand that Saturday is a big shopping day. So we will be open 10 to 4 for the next couple Saturdays. Nice. Blaine and Lynn Workman, the uh, new venture, The Nest, on the north side. Okay, Blaine, so uh, what's your role in all this? Well, I'm a pastor at Allegheny Sun Alliance Church, and so we partnered with uh, Women's Choice to open The Nest. And uh, I am just so excited because it gives the Christian community throughout Western PA an opportunity to uh, to save lives and to transform families. And, and that's really what the mission of The Nest is all about. And we literally have had probably 50 volunteers helping us get things set up here and volunteers from churches all over southwestern PA. So it's just been an exciting collaborative of the entire church here in, uh, in this area to get this venture off the ground. Terrific. Well, we're excited about it. It's The Nest. Uh, for all the information available for The Nest, is there a website that people can go to? Yes, it is. Love the nest, pgh at gmail.com. All right. Say, say and, that and again, the website, of course, Lynn. The website, okay. Lynn, I'm sorry, the website, love the nest, pgh.com? That's correct. Yeah. Okay. Very nice. Love the nest, pgh.com. Terrific. All right. Yes. That's Blaine and Lynn Workman. Thanks, you guys, for being here. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you so for much. having us. Uh-huh. Take care. The pandemic remains ever-present. More neighbors in southwestern Pennsylvania are facing hunger every day. Every $1 you give to Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank helps provide up to five meals this Thanksgiving season. Donate online today at pittsburghfoodbank.org. That's pittsburghfoodbank.org. We're all thinking a lot more about staying safe these days. Windows R Us Pittsburgh is no different. When it comes to working around your home, Windows R Us remains committed to the safety of you and your family. For roofs, gutters, and downspouts, siding, and, of course, windows, Windows R Us Pittsburgh can answer the call. With over 50 years of home remodeling experience, Windows R Us has earned its reputation as the area's premier exterior replacement company. And all work will be done in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines. If you've had damage, you may be eligible for a free repair or replacement. Visit windowsrspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of the highly trained appraisers. You'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. From a company that will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty. 
Why pay double? Trust the area's premier exterior replacement company. WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. That's WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Friday, December 4th, Memorial Park Church presents a special benefit concert with Michael Card. And special guest, Jeremy Casella. To support the work of Edunations in war-torn Sierra Leone. To ensure everyone's safety, in-person attendance will be very limited. With tickets on sale now at edunations.org. Or watch the concert online free of charge. Michael Card, 7 p.m. December 4th. Sponsored by Tom Henry Chevrolet. By now, you've heard me talk about MyPillow and how it literally changed my life. Hey, this is John Hall. MyPillow does not go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want. They maintain their shape and they're made in the USA. And for a limited time, Mike Lindell is offering his premium MyPillows for as low as prices ever. You can get a standard queen premium MyPillow for just $29.98, originally $69.98. That's a $40 savings, and kings are only $5 more. Not only are you getting the lowest price ever, $29.98 for a standard queen, but Mike is extending his 60-day money-back guarantee to March 1st, 2021. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, use promo code WORD, or you can call 1-800-391-0954. You'll find all the MyPillow products at MyPillow.com. But by calling right now at 1-800-391-0954, promo code WORD, you'll get yours soon. It's getting harder and harder to make sense out of today's headlines. To stay on top of breaking world and national news with a Christian worldview and a faith-based perspective on what it means, turn to ChristianHeadlines.com. Log on to ChristianHeadlines.com for the very latest news and then sign up for our free daily newsletter to stay one step ahead of what's happening. Get out of the mainstream media rut with top news and positive headlines every day with ChristianHeadlines.com. You know, you get like something stuck in your head and you just, you know, you want a taste of something. You know, if I could just have that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I, I've been thinking a lot about going down to the strip to Roland's and having a lobster roll. Wow. Okay. You like a lobster roll at Roland's? Have you um, had that? I do like a lobster roll. Man. I like it very much. That is so good. I mean, you know, it's one of those rare, you know, not rare, but, you know, the occasional treat. You go down right. there and yeah, yeah. that nice big thick bread and it just, it's all like buttery and filled mm. with chunks of lobster. Well, I was thinking about um, fish because the fish industry is in big trouble because of the pandemic. Now, uh, restaurant consumption of fish, of course, down to almost zero. Very few restaurants are open. So those lines of fresh seafood are not being called for, right? That's tragic. Yeah. I, uh, I know. So why, why, so seafood uh, producers are in more trouble than like meat producers? Yeah, they are because, you know, seafood for a lot of people is like secondary or less than meat. I mean, mm-hmm. you, Kath, you're one of the few people, people that I know that eats fish on a much more regular basis than yeah. most people. Yeah. And you do so for dietary concerns because of your family. Right, right. And we have such an excellent meat market here in Pittsburgh. It's just such a treat Woolies. to go down to Woolies and, you know, get your fresh fish and yeah. you know, feel good about yourself while you're But eating. a lot of people just don't do that. So during the pandemic, people are staying at home. People are not going to restaurants. Right. And so, you know, instead of having some halibut, you're having yourself, you know, some whatever, a, a hot dog. Okay. Can I make a recommendation? What's that? I think that listeners should consider, as I said, going down to Woolies yeah. and getting a pound of Scottish salmon, mm-hmm. which is absolutely fabulous there. Uh, it's usually about thirteen ninety eight a pound, totally mm-hmm. worth it. Or you might want to, if you want to spring for it, get some 
fine fish like halibut, or if you want to make fish sandwiches, get cod Mm -hmm. and um, make it yourself at home. That's a wonderful thing. The other thing I will tell you is the fish tacos at El Campesino on McKnight Road are delicious. Really? So El Campesino open for takeout or yes, yeah, yes. Okay. Listen, they have. I'm a real. I'm. You know how picky I am about the fish taco. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. do a really good do fish taco. Mm. Yeah, it's hot. Are, you have you to a like fan spicy of a, food. It's hot. Yeah, well, if, spice and fish. That's an excellent combination. Oh, it is good. Right? Mm. Are you a fan of the fish stick? I hate to admit it because it's so lowbrow, but yes. I like a fish stick once in a while. Oh I would it's have not really a, fish, is it? I'd have it. I don't think it is. That's why I don't buy them because yeah, right. I don't think the Gordon's guy in the yellow coat and hat is the real thing. There's not a lot of fish there. Or if it is fish, it's kind of like suspect fish. But yeah, a little fish. Well, like with homemade tartar sauce. How about just ketchup? That's fine too. Happy to have that. Yeah. Anyway. I wish I was having that for dinner, John. <laughs> okay, maybe for Thanksgiving Day. A little side, it's a weird Thanksgiving tradition. Be fun. The fish stick arrives on the Emmons table. I like it. Mm-hmm. Hey, thanks for being with us. As always, a great pleasure for the Monday show. We're podcasting up and running after we leave here. And uh, we'll see you hopefully tomorrow, God willing. Have yourself a great night. The Ride Home with John and Kathy. A production of Salem Media Group.